So let's get into our final capsule here. As we just talked about the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars, that's going to kick off Tuesday, May 3rd at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. This last one here, this is a perplexing one to me, but it is the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. The two Pacific teams, the second seed in the Pacific, the Edmonton Oilers, 49, 27, and 6, 104 points. The Los Angeles Kings, 44, 27, and 11, 99 points on the season. Head coach Jay Woodcroft versus head coach Todd McClellan. You could say this is a Todd McClellan bowl because Todd McClellan also coached the Oilers and the Kings. <laughs> so, superstars versus lockdown and breakthrough versus wanting to break out. Stats on centerpieces here, and you know these ones if you followed NHL a little bit or at all. Connor McDavid, 80 games played, 44 goals, 79 assists, 123 points, a plus 28. Leon Dreisaitl, 80 games played, 55 and 55 for 110 points. Zach Hyman, 76 games played, 27 goals, 27 assists, and 54 points. That's your first line right now for Edmonton. But let's go a step further here for the Los Angeles Kings. Andre Kopitar, 81 games played, 19 goals, 48 assists, 67 points, was the top on the team. Let me repeat that one here for you. Andre Kopitar, I know he's getting a little longer in the tooth. 81 games played, 19 goals, 48 assists, and 67 points, was the top on the team. By far the fewest amount of points I've ever uttered among stats on centerpieces of anyone else between the 16 teams, between the 8 series, 67 points was the top for the Los Angeles Kings. The other part of the AAA battery line, Adrian Kempe, 78 games played, 35 goals, 19 assists, 54 points, Philip Dano. Uh, Two-way shutdown from the Montreal Canadiens now. Wonderful pickup for the Los Angeles Kings. 79 games played, 27 goals, 24 assists, 51 points, plus 14. And Victor Arvidsson, nice pickup from the Nashville Predators now with the Kings. Battle a little bit of injury late. 66 games played, 20 goals, 29 assists, 49 points. So, you look at that point differential, plus minus, and between plus you know 123 for McDavid and just... 67 for Andre Kopitar, and you might shake your head because the next is 110 to 54. But we're going to take this a step further here. Defense, Edmonton, Evan Bouchard, 81 games played, 43 points. Tyson Berry, 73 games played, 41 points. Darnell Nurse, 71 games played, 35 points plus 18. You can throw in Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci if you wish. Here's the part that's really going to sting for the Los Angeles Kings. Superstar Drew Doughty, defenseman, is out for the playoffs. He's not coming back. Sean Dursey, the young kids are going to have to take over here. Sean Dursey, 64 games played, 27 points, minus 9. Matt Roy, 67 games played, 21 points, plus 23. Mikey Anderson, Tobias Bornfot, and Ole Mata. Remember the pickup from the Pittsburgh Penguins now with the LA Kings. So Mikey Anderson, Tobias Bornfot, Sean Dursey, and Matt Roy. Four young kids. This was one of those teams that was supposed to be rebuilding. And again, we talked about it as we ended with the California teams and the Anaheim Ducks, the San Jose Sharks, and the Los Angeles Kings, right? This was all these teams that were not supposed to make the playoffs. And for the most part, all three teams had a hell of a run. And the Los Angeles Kings found a way to get all the way through. So, 
When we talk about the defensive back end, this is where I think things get a little interesting. Again, everyone's going to talk about Darnell Nurse with the heavy lifting and things like that and the money. And again, I think Edmonton's probably going to miss Ethan Bear as far as all of that stuff. Again, a couple of years ago when Edmonton got knocked out during the bubble, he was one of those guys that pretty much played every damn minute because he didn't have enough defense on the back end. Is Duncan Keith and Cody Cece really going to be enough? Because when I've seen and covered a quite a few games here, color cast here for the Los Angeles Kings, whether it be against the Dallas Stars or other few teams, I like the way that Todd McClellan runs these guys on defense. He puts these guys on the top pair because, again, they're the young kids and they have to be right now. I think that they can find a way without Drew Doughty because I think the back end, the Edmonton Oilers, are very, very weak in that regard. I really don't feel like they're all that great. So when you have Dursey and you have Roy and Mikey Anderson and Bournefoot, you're going to say, who the hell are these guys? But I'm going to really tell you here, watch this series between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. And do not be surprised if the L.A. Kings outplay the Edmonton Oilers on the back end. I really believe in these kids. And it's definitely one of those reasons why the Los Angeles Kings were in the spot that they were. Look, they went through so many injuries this year, especially on the back end. When they got in the trade deadline, they had to be able to bring in pieces just because they had a chance to make the playoffs, and they were losing bodies left and right. It was the Red Cross all over the place here for the L.A. Kings. So for the... Oilers, I don't believe in that back end. Besides for Darnell Nurse, you can throw Duncan Keith and Cody Cece out there if you want to because Duncan Keith's a name. But don't be shocked if the Los Angeles Kings outplay the Edmonton Oilers on the back end. Let's take this one more step further here. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins, depth, 63 games played, 11 goals, 39 assists, 50 points. Evander Kane, 43 games played, 22 goals, 17 assists, 39 points, and plus 25. Jesse Pugliarvi, Excellent year for Pulley RV. 65 games played, 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points, plus 22. Again, Evander Kane has been a little bit of a revelation. You got through all the controversies with the gambling, domestic stuff, all of that with Evander Kane. We'll table all that for another day because that's been well said on the hockey side of things. Plus 25 for Evander Kane is nothing to sneeze at. Plus 22 for Pulley RV is nothing to sneeze at. When you look at the point totals, Besides Nugent Hopkins at 50, Vander Kane 39, Pulley Arvey 36. Pulley Arvey's been there all year. Again, the plus 25, plus 22 makes you believe that these guys are locked down forwards, and I will give them that. But when I'd seen Trevor Moore for the Los Angeles Kings, 81 games played, 17 goals, 31 assists, 48 points, plus 20. Alex Ayafalo went from first to third line, fourth line, wherever he needs to go. 79 games played, 17 goals, 20 assists, 37 points, always being able to find production and locking down on defense where he's needed. Andreas Anthonisiu, former Red Wing now with the Kings. So Anthonisiu could terrorize his former boss in Ken Holland. 28 games played, 17 points, got a lot of speed. And rookie Quinton Byfield, number two pick in the draft, had 10 points in 40 games played. So it would be really cool to watch Quinton Byfield play and see what they can do in the series. I'm going to throw it out to you like this, and it's going to make me sound like I'm going to take the LA Kings. But I'm going to do this here. Because between Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and I'll throw Zach Hyman in there as well, because 54 points is good. But Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl accounted for, again, 123 points and 110 points. The next closest was 54. So that is a precipitous drop-off. And look, I understand Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are the 
two top five players in the league. Connor McDavid's probably number one. Dry Settle's probably three or four. He's definitely the best German player you got in the league. I know Moritz is going to want to have something to say about that down the line for the Red Wings, but Leon Dry is the greatest German goal scorer we've ever had in the NHL. Bar none. But when you think about all that precipitous drop-off, and you think about the Los Angeles Kings, I'm going to go to the point totals here again. They manage 99 points. And Edmonton Oilers at 104. And the most that the Los Angeles Kings even had was far it was Anze Kopitar for 67 points in comparison to 123. So do, do points really tell the entire story? I don't think they do. Goaltending. This is where, again, I think the Oilers can be a little weak. Mikko Koskinen, he did play well this year, though I will give him that. 45 games played, 27-12-4 record with a 3-10 goals against and a 9-0-3 save percentage. Mike Smith, 28 games played, 16-9-2 with a 2-81 and a 9-15, as opposed to Jonathan Quick. Look, I understand the 36-year-old is still, he's old, but he's in the pipes. 46 games played, 23-13-9 with a 2.59 goals against and a 9.10 save percentage. And Cal Peterson, Calvin Peterson, 37 games played, 20-14-2, a 2.89 and a 8.95 save percentage. Cal Peterson, about 26 years of age now, he's going to be the answer in goal right now for the Los Angeles Kings, probably because they have to have an answer in goal. And that's pretty much all there is to it after Jonathan Quick is done. So let me take this a step further here. Jonathan Quick, again, he's 36. His two-time fewest goals against for the William uh, H. Jennings Trophy, two-time Stanley Cup champion in 2012 and 2014. Man, some of the Kings really ran the, uh, the 2010s. That was so cool to watch. Dustin Brown is going to be retiring at season's end. He's going to be another one of those depth guys that you talk about that can still get it done. And all three of them, between Andre Kopitar, Dustin Brown, and Jonathan Quick, are the only ones that remain from the 2012 and 2014 Cup runs. And Daryl Sutter is now the coach of the Calgary Flames. So who wins this series and give reasons for both? So for Edmonton, I'll put it to you simply like this. It's going to come down to depth scoring for me. I don't care about what Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl do because Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are all capable of winning a game and getting six goals. And Edmonton maybe get one of those games where they break out and they beat the Kings six to two. I absolutely see that in this series, but I did not believe in the depth all year. If it comes down to Derek Ryan or Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Evander Kane or Stefan or some of these other pieces in there for the Edmonton Oilers and it, it's up to their shoulders because let's say Dan O is locking down and I'm not saying anybody can lock down Drysdale or McDavid but the best they can in between Andre Kopitar and Dan O and some of these other pieces I'll follow let's say they're locking down that first line and it comes down to the depth is Edmonton going to be able to find enough to be able to score, to lead in that series, and find a way to get to the Kings. I don't believe in their depth. I also don't believe in their back end between Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci. Look, Ken Allen's got a lot of problems on his plate, but it's always fun to have a lot of problems when you have two of the top five players in the NHL. I'm not going to sit there and argue that point of it, but between Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci, besides Darnell Nurse, Darnell Nurse is the number one. Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci are not. Burchard is okay, but their back end is not that great, and their depth scoring is not that good either. And the depth forwards and everything else are not that good either. It's your two big stars. I don't think there's enough talent around the Edmonton Oilers. 
to be able to sustain it. Can they absolutely win this series against the Kings? Yes, but I'm not picking them to win a Stanley Cup by no means. You'll never hear me say that, even when we get close to ending everything here. They're not winning the Stanley Cup. And I think they're going to have a hard time getting through this series. And Mikko Koskinen, he's been great toward the back end of it. His numbers have gotten much better. They were much, much worse, close to the fours. He's got it down to the threes with a couple of shutouts, and they played better toward the back end. Edmonton is in this position that they were. They were in the wild card almost out you know, a couple of months ago, they got hot on the back end of things, riding McDavid and Drysaddle and all of that. But is it sustainable throughout a playoff series? Is it sustainable when they're playing against a really good defensive team? For the Los Angeles Kings, it's pretty simple here. I don't care about all the other point totals. Because you can see, when we talked about it, we've gone through, none of them are all that high. But the Kings still ended up with 99 points and 44 victories, 44, 27, and 11, despite not having a ton of goals. It's going to come down to the back end of that defense. Is the rest of them, as I think, because I don't think the Oilers' defense is very good, can Mikey Anderson, Tobias Bourne fought, Ole Mata, Ole Mata is one of the only other mainstays there, with Sean Dursey, so it's Dursey, Anderson, Tobias Bourne fought. Can they come down and can they outplay the suspect part of Edmonton in their defense. Again, no Drew Doughty. They're going to miss him 100%. No doubt about it. They're going to miss Drew Doughty. He'd be the best defenseman in this series, bar none. But I've seen the Kings too many times win the games 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, close things down. Everybody else on the two-way forward side of things, when you're talking about Kempe and you're talking about Philip Dano and Kopitar Everybody else getting the job done. Victor Arvison, clutch, scoring, doing all of that. I've seen it too many times for the Los Angeles Kings, being able to frustrate teams. Sometimes they might get knocked down and get punched in the mouth. They might lose a game in this series 6-2. I, I will say that for the Los Angeles Kings. But there will be times that they will come back and they'll find a way to win a one nothing or 2-1 game. I've seen it too many times. The goaltending, whether or not Jonathan Quick getting a little bit old in the tooth there. Miko Koskinen's 33, Jonathan Quick's 36. Jonathan Quick, I think, can find a way to find it. He can make some acrobatic saves, and he can steal a couple games. I think the Los Angeles Kings, I will say this. If we're picking two upsets, and I'm going to say one, if it was the Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues being an upset, I took the Blues in seven. I think the Los Angeles Kings can win this one. I think they're going to win this one in six games. I, I really, really do. I understand about McDavid and Dreisaitl, but the depth for the rest of that team, again, you're not going to stop McDavid and Dreisaitl. They're going to put up a lot of points in this series, and it absolutely could go seven. I think the Kings will win in six. Maybe the Oilers win in six or seven. I could easily flip it that way too, like we've talked about. But I think that there's... Lack of scoring depth. I think there's lack of defense. And even though Koskinen's been good of late, and the Edmonton's been much better of late, I don't think all that stuff holds up. Considering Los Angeles Kings, we talked about, they're capable of losing a game 6 nothing and coming back the next game winning one nothing or 2-1. I've seen it too many times. And I just believe in the Los Angeles Kings finding a way to get that done. Todd McClellan and his former team, might have some things under his sleeve. I think it's going to be a great series, but I think the Kings will win this one. They will shock the Edmonton Oilers and will move on. That game is going to begin game one, Monday, May 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. So I want to close this out, give some normalized predictions for everything. We went through all eight series, normalized in fantasy, and maybe some possible upsets. So thank you, and maybe some upcoming broadcasting notes as we leave this for the final, final aspect of it. So, 
closing, thank you for everything. It's been a long time getting all these eight series and everything else together. I hope it's been enough notes and news and everybody else to keep everybody entertained. So with the eight series predicted, what are my Stanley Cup predictions? The long and short of it, let me give you a normalized one and I'll give you a fantasy one. So the normalized one would be the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche. I don't know if the NHL wants to see that one, but a normalized prediction would be that. Another normalized one would be the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. Because it really depends on the eastern side of things. Who gets out and survives the blood path? I think the western side is a little more straightforward. And that was just outside of the eight predictions that I've already talked about. Those are your normalized predictions. Notwithstanding the eight series that I just broke down here for you. Again, if you want the full broadcast and everything else, I'm going to leave that in the description box under the chat. But fantasy predictions. I want to give a fantasy prediction here. And I think this could be really fun because I could see this happening. Again, this is going to be way out of line here for some people. But I want to throw this out there. If the Toronto Maple Leafs can find a way through the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I, I'm not saying they can't do it because I said it was going to be a six-game series and I imagine it could go either way, but I wholeheartedly put it on the Tampa Bay side just because of the goaltending and defense side. But if, let's say, Toronto's defense gets more normalized, if their goaltending is a little bit sick, because we already know what their power playing forwards are going to do. That cannot be argued. If they can find a way to get through Tampa Bay, I could see them getting into the Stanley Cup final. I, I really, really can. And on the other side of things, we haven't had an all-Canadian Stanley Cup final in a long, long time. Can the Calgary Flames do it? I think if they get out of the, the first round and get surprised, they get their feet wet against the Dallas Stars, and that's going to be a little bit of a longer series, as I've talked about. Colorado is as tough as nails. They're as good as anybody. They've been the favor of Vegas of the last two years for all the other reasons we dissect in our capsule breakdowns. But we could definitely see a fantasy prediction where it would be the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. Again, the Montreal Canadiens were the last team to win the uh, Stanley Cup as far as the Canadian side in the mid-90s. Remember, the Rangers did it in 95, I think it was the Canadians in uh, 94. It's been a long, long time. We would love to see that on the NHL side of things. Again, this is coming from an American. You want to see some of these Canadian teams be able to actually show something. Well, Toronto and Calgary, the two of the better teams on both sides of the conferences, pretty much all season. Not a lot of things have gone wrong. That could be the ultimate fantasy part of it. But as I've talked about, upsets throughout this series as I close, this is notwithstanding from the eight that I just broke down. And again, we'll have the full show there if you missed any of it. St. Louis Blues, I can currently, I see them being the Minnesota Wild in seven games. They took them three games to nothing in the regular season. I think that that's going to happen. The Los Angeles Kings, I definitely feel, are going to upset the Edmonton Oilers. Again, everybody knows about Drysaddle and McDavid. I'm not going to argue that. They're going to get their points. They might win a game in the series 6-0, and then they'll come back and lose 2-1. That's going to be what I would see in that series. And then for the East... Who really knows? I mean, there's going to be so much of a bloodbath there. The Florida Panthers, they've been the darling all year. But the Washington Capitals, if they get things right in order here, the 2018 Stanley Cup winners, they got to get a lot of things going right for the Washington Capitals, especially on that back end side of things. Maybe they could do something against the Florida Panthers. I don't think that series is going to go any shorter than six, but that would be a tough stretch. But as far as... Toronto and Tampa Bay, that might be the one where I see if I had to pick an upset there. 
Toronto is definitely good enough to do it. Their offense is better than anybody's. I don't care about how good everybody says Florida is. Better than anybody's. But for Boston, I just don't see it against Carolina. I think Carolina is too good on the straight edge of it. But those are just everything in a nutshell. I've closed it down. It's been about maybe like an hour and 40 minutes of content. We're going to get all of this uploaded here. I got all the YouTube videos and everything also all set to go after this. So I appreciate it, guys. I know there was a few listening that popped in here from time to time. It's been a long show. I'm going to get out of here, and I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll probably be covering a game either Monday or Tuesday night. I'm going to check the schedule just in case I get a chance to hop on here with Cooper doing a, a Flames game. I think that's going to be on Tuesday. I got all the other stuff in there as well. I'm going to double-check that here right now. So for the Flames, that's Tuesday. So I could cover a Monday game, cover a Tuesday game. Hopefully he'll be there on there late, and we can get that going. But I'll probably have coverage here for you tomorrow. It's probably going to be uh, Tampa and Toronto because that's the early game on Monday. But I'm going to get out of here, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you enjoyed the Stanley Cup preview. We broke down all eight series, and then we broke down some fantasy stuff at the end and some closing and some thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Peace out.